0: This special episode of the Film and Water Podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 45% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. Two of the deals you can find on InStockTrades.com right now are Star Wars Marvel Covers Hardcover Volume 1. Star Wars has returned to Marvel, and a galaxy of comic book stars have joined the celebration. Welcome back, Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, R2-3PO, Darth Vader, and the rest, as you've never seen them before in this astonishing collection of covers from the likes of John Cassaday, Joe Casada, Alex Ross, Scotty Young, J. Scott Campbell, Salvador LaRocca, Terry Dodson, and plenty more, featuring every illustrated variant of the million-selling Star Wars Number 1, plus all the covers of Star Wars Numbers 2 through 6. Princess Leia one through five and Darth Vader one through six. Then prepare to be wowed by the new cover art from Marvel's classic Star Wars collections, including eighty grand off sensational takes on the original trilogy. It's packed with special features, but this is one book you should have judged by its covers. Uh, it is two hundred eight pages. The cover is by Alex Ross. Normal price thirty four ninety nine. In stock trade price nineteen dollars and twenty four cents. That's forty five percent off. This is a really great art book, not stories, just beautiful covers to look at. So if you have uh, particular fan of star wars and loves just great art this is a really solid book and the other book i want to talk about is of course marvel's classic star wars star wars marvel years omnibus hardcover volume one this reprints star wars the original marvel series numbers one through 44 and annual number one the cover art is by howard chaykin 864 pages uh, the normal price is $125. In stock trades price is $62.50. That's 50% off. And if anybody here that's been listening to the show for any period of time knows, I love the original Marvel Stories comic. It was one of my all-time favorite books. In fact, it was my favorite Marvel book, period. So this collects almost half the entire book's run. It was amazing, amazing material. It really helped me get through the years between films. So this is a really great collection. So. Pick up uh, both of these books. They are really, really super cool. So for these and all your other trade paperback needs, visit InStockTrades.com and we thank them for their support. Now, on with the show.
1: When I found you,
2: I saw raw, untamed power.
0: And beyond that,
1: Truly special.
2: Something inside me has always been there.
0: But now it's awake. And I need help.
2: only once before, it didn't scare me enough then, it does now, let the past die. Show me my place in all this.
0: Hello, and welcome to a special Sunday edition of the Film and Water Podcast. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly, and uh, we're here to talk about The Last Jedi. Uh, <laughs> it's a film that some of you may have heard of, it was kind of a big deal. Uh, we were going to originally review Ferdinand, but we decided to do uh, The Last Jedi. Joining me are the Irredeemable Shag, Ryan Daly, and Max Romero. Hi, guys.
3: Hey, Rob. Hello. Yeah, this is Ryan. I'm holding for General Hux. <laughs> <laughs> I can't.
0: I can't hear you. I'm sorry. Uh, well, you know, let's just jump right into it, guys. Look, 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 Ryan. Let me start with you. How many times have you seen it uh, as of this recording? Okay, I'll hold.
3: <laughs> like oh, you're, you're you're committed to the bit. I like it. Um, I've I see I've seen it twice now. Okay. I saw it opening night, and then I saw it last night, as of this recording.
0: Now, what's your oh, what's your takeaway? What's your what was your takeaway after the first one, and what's your takeaway now, if if there's any difference?
3: Um, it's mixed. <laughs> it's the I mean, this is a this is a polarizing and de- divisive film. Uh, if you look at the reviews among critics and the reviews among fans. Um, And to put it in a little bit of context, when I saw the force awakens as Robin Shag, as you remember that first night, I was very critical. Mm -hmm. Like immediately after I was nitpicking the hell out of it. I could only think, think about the bad things that I didn't like. I went to bed and the next morning I woke up loving it. And I have loved the force awakens since then. Last year Rogue One, I left that theater feeling Very entertained, I thought that was a great addition Of the Star Wars universe, and the next day I woke up and I'm like, was it though? Um, and I've been a lot More critical of Rogue One since then I left The Force Awakens I left that theater feeling very Last Uncertain Jedi. Well, Sorry, The Last Jedi I left The Last Jedi Thursday night thinking like I was like, I don't know How I feel about it, I don't know if I like That or not, but just based on history, the next day I'll wake up and I'll, I'll have a definitive answer. And I didn't. And it's taken me a couple of days to kind of figure out what my impression of the movie is. And I'll, I'll shorten it and I'll simplify it and let you guys talk by just saying, I think the last Jedi is a good movie that doesn't make me happy. <laughs> and, I, and I, I'll, I can explain more, but I'll, I'll kind of like, I'll let you guys kind of go into more what you felt about it.
0: Okay. Max, where, where, where were you on it?
2: Um, I, I've only seen it once and, uh, that was a few days ago and I, I loved it. I really, I really did. I understand the problems that some people have with it concerning plot holes and characterization and that sort of thing. But those are, those are not deal breakers for me. And, um, I thought that this was. You know, like Ryan just said, that it was not a movie that made him happy. But I, I don't, I don't necessarily feel that movies have to make me happy. Um, and I think what some people are missing is that these movies have always been meant to be serials. And I don't need to have all my questions answered in this one movie. It was enough for me that it set things up. It, it, it answered some questions, completely abandoned others, which I actually I'm not, I don't feel bad about and and set up things for for the next movie and I'm I am totally fine with that and whatever questions I had or whatever things have occurred to me since then the more I've thought about them the more I'm satisfied with how the movie answers them or at least attempts to answer them all
1: right shag well the first thing that is kind of going through my mind is why do we invite Ryan to these things i <laughs> that's really Where I'm sitting But uh, I've seen the film twice now Once by myself Opening or with a friend Opening night And then uh, Which is a whole adventure Into itself And then The second time With my 11 year old daughter And I've walked away Both times Loving the movie Absolutely loving the movie This is the first Star Wars film Since Return of the Jedi Where I have been Genuinely surprised By what happens In the story All the other movies Whether I liked them or not I pretty much could tell Where it was going You know You're watching the movie Like okay I can see where this is Going to go Okay I know What's going to happen here This one I was like What? What, what? What, 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 what? It just, I was caught by surprise over and over in this film, and I loved it. And it's sort of like what Max said, too. It's the middle movie, guys. It it follows the pattern of Empire Strikes Back where it's a huge downer. A lot of bad crap happens to our friends. But you still get that triumphant last scene. uh, Well, not the last scene, but the... The last time we see the resistance flying away in the Falcon, it's a lot like the last scene of Empire Strikes Back, where even though Han's gone, you get that triumphant moment where, you know, Leia and Luke are together with a new hand and they watch Lando and Chewie leave. And it's the same sort of thing here. You get that triumphant feeling the resistance is going to rebuild. And I feel good about it. I loved it.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, I will say that when I started to watch it, we saw it Thursday night. uh, And I about for the, the first 40 minutes, I was like, where is this going? And then over the like around the hour mark, I started saying, "Where is this going?" <laughs> and it, it, you know, it like it won me over. It I, I just went, I like you can, like you just said, Jake. I was like, I have no idea where this is going now. No idea, and I loved that. I was like, because it's like, look. I, in fact, I, I've only seen the movie once. Uh, I, I plan to see it again. I just ran out of time. I actually watched Force Awakens again today, and. I love The Force Awakens. Force Awakens actually gets better with me over time. Um, I really liked the night that we all talked about it that night, and Ryan was such a a Debbie Downer. But, I mean, I I really liked it. But it's only grown in my estimation. But, frankly, I think Last Jedi leaves Force Awakens in the dust because, to me, it's just so much more ambitious and so much more willing to go new places, both literally and figuratively. And I really... It was funny, to pull back the curtain a little, initially Ryan wanted to do like a kind of super quick spoiler review episode of Give Me Those Star Wars that night, and I had told Ryan, you know, I'll do it, sure, yeah, we're going to do it, and as I left the theater, I had an emotional reaction to this movie that I did not expect, and for these giant blockbusters that we all are so inundated with now the marvel movies and the dc movies and star wars and star trek and they're just endless franchises i don't feel much when i see any of these movies anymore i like them i like some of them but they don't make me feel anything even the ones i really like i kind of go all right that was really enjoyable but i don't it doesn't make me feel much i was genuinely emotionally upset about this movie and I couldn't talk about it and I, and I felt bad because I was kind of Putting the kibosh on Ryan's show But I was like I'm not ready to discuss this And, and the reason that it bothered me Is because this film Actively shuffles Off my childhood Heroes conclu- mm-hmm. Conclusively And It made me feel like my own mortality You know it was like <laughs> this, the, the, Ryan Johnson is saying we are going to hand Star Wars off to a new generation, both literally and that it's Rey and all these new characters, but just younger people. I mean, that final shot, I mean, by the way, everybody, we're spoiling this movie right from the outset, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, don't listen, but like that final shot of that kid holding the broom where it looks like a lightsaber, I was like, holy mother of God, that is the best final shot of any Star Wars movie I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I thought it took real guts for Ryan Johnson to kind of tell older fart fans like myself, hey, guys, I know you love this, but for this thing to grow, it can't just be the same thing over again. It can't be, oh, we're going to set up movie three where they're really going to take on Snoke. You know, it's like, no, we're going to do something completely different. And I have no idea what they're going to do for the next show, the next movie now. No idea. Right. And I walked out of there going, that's awesome! I just mm-hmm. loved it! So, it, I understand why it's not the movie people wanted, and it isn't as much fun as Force Awakens, but I was really impressed by this movie, and like I said, it hit me in a way I just did not expect.
1: I back, imagine back in 1980, there was a bunch of fans tossing around going, you know, this Empire Strikes Back, it's just not the same as Star Wars. It's not as fun. <laughs> yeah. It
0: should be removed from the canon. <laughs> oh God, don't We're not even oh, God.
2: for God's sakes.
0: Uh, but so, like, so Ryan, like, what is what was it not fun about it? I guess, like, what is or what is it that you were maybe hoping to get
3: that you didn't get? Huck's with an H. He's a pasty guy. It's. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just gonna keep going. I no, I love that bit. I, I, the. Okay, to to answer the question. Like and again, I, I want to reinforce that I don't think this is a bad movie. I think this is a really good movie. It's beautifully shot. I, I have some problems with the structure, uh, in particular the second act, um, where I'm a lot more critical of uh, basically Finn's entire subplot. I don't think works, and I think that was basically an excuse just to give John Boyega something to do in the movie because he really didn't have much of a point. Um, but I, but that notwithstanding, but like Max said, that's not a deal breaker um things that with like not basically just ignoring snoke and the whole question about him ignoring that and just saying that's not what's important to the story that's not a deal breaker for me i don't care i liked so much about this movie i liked a lot of it except i think the thing rob that you kind of loved about it and what you were talking about at the end and what what kind of gave me pause and and the thing that i had so much time, so much difficulty processing in the aftermath was this could be the last Star Wars movie ever. And if it was, like 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 we keep saying this is a middle chapter. This is episode 8 of 9. But I was not excited to see episode 9 when I've left the theater either time because there's nothing I need to know next. Like there's no like there's no cliffhanger. Like all the characters their stories kind of resolve in this. <laughs> We've now seen Rey wow. beat Kylo Ren twice. Ray has beat Kylo Ren twice. There's nobody frozen in carbonite in danger. There's nobody's lineage we need to figure out. There's no like question or mystery that needs to be resolved. Like <sighs> Snoke is dead. We've got Hux and Kylo Ren as our villains, and I like—I I kind of like them as a couple. But I'm not afraid of them as a couple. I think it was great that the actor who plays Hux toned down his performance. But he made a lot of strategic and tactical blunders in this movie that I couldn't ignore. So by the time we're left with volatile, crazy-pants Kylo Ren and Hux, I'm like – you guys are like Cobra Commander and Destro in terms of like <laughs> like the first order has the advantage at the end of this movie, the same way the Nazis had the advantage in Hogan's heroes. Like, I'm not afraid of these guys as villains. Luke is off the board, Leia is off the board, she doesn't get rid rena- of I'm I'm assuming the next movie, episode nine, is probably gonna jump like five years ahead in time. And they're just gonna say she kind of died in the aftermath, but like Poe had a complete arc in this. Finn kind of had a complete arc. Rey had her last temptation to the dark side and won out. And she's beaten Kyler like, like there, there's no cliffing, there's no crisis that necessarily sets up. I'm I might be intellectually curious about what is J.J. Abrams going to do with episode nine, but I don't need to know. And even like Rob, your final shot, like that would be the one that would be the most beautiful way to end the entire saga is a way of saying this war will never really end because it's Star Wars, but there the force will always be out there. And there's always kids looking to the stars, thinking about that magic and what that means. It's a perfect capper. So I kind of like I left the theater thinking, this could be it. This would be a great place to end it. I have no desire to see any more Star Wars after this. Like, it just left me with this feeling of, okay, I get. I, I think that's it for me. I think I'm done. Now, it, I shouldn't criticize the movie for that. That might not be a, necessarily a fault of the movie, but I can't look at this movie in isolation because it's not. It is part of a saga. It is eight of nine of... Infinity, because they'll keep on going as long as they're making a billion dollars each. So that's why I say I think it is a good movie. It's a good Star Wars movie, but it bummed me out at the end. I I think I kind of had the opposite reaction to you based on the same conclusion at the end. I felt like Ryan Johnson saying, yeah, Star Wars has to grow. It has to evolve. And if you guys remember, before The Force Awakens came out, I was telling you guys, I didn't want the new adventures of old Han Solo. I wanted – the new I wanted it to to surprise me and do things. And now now I'm thinking maybe I was kidding myself. Maybe I was (laughs) wrong. Like I I think I might be wrong. I feel like I might be one of the fans that the franchise is leaving in the dust and I just have to kind of wave at it as it as it leaves. That's that's how I've been feeling for like the past five, six days. Wow,
1: well, I th- I think you got to look at it a couple different ways. To, to answer the last part there, you got to decide if you're invested in Ray, Finn, and Poe. If you're not invested in them, then you're right. It's moved on and without I,
3: you. And I like all those characters, but that's what I said. Like, I, I of course I will see Episode Nine. Of course I will see every Star Wars movie that I that I can see until, unless they get like prequel era bad and I just start hating them. As long <laughs> as they're of a certain quality, I'll go see them. But I'm not like I. I don't have that. Des- I, I'm not burning to see the next one. I'm just like, well, okay. I guess that's what I'll do in December of 2019. Like, it's just, it's just an appointment now.
1: Well, all right. I'm going to argue with you a bit in a couple different things. One, I don't think Rey has actually beat Kylo twice. Both of them were a stalemate. The first time, the planet tore itself apart. She didn't defeat him, if I don't remember, if I remember correctly. She, she was standing she- over him with the lightsaber, and he was. He was down, like, okay, maybe I don't remember that part. Okay. Well in the, in the second one though, she didn't defeat him they, they, they matched wills and tore the lightsaber in half. No one won that one. That was a draw. She just happened to get away.
3: Yeah, she woke up. Okay, I, I think so. I think so she woke up first and could have killed him, but chose to run instead. But okay, right. So I would say there's
1: still the final confrontation between Rey and and Kylo still waiting. The defeat of the First Order is still waiting. Um, this movie was not intended to be the goodbye to Leia, so you were supposed to still have that thread. To continue on, so I that one's not the fault of the film, a, a film at all. Um, that's just unfortunate circumstances in nature. But because uh, because Leia was supposed to have a big part in Episode Nine, because that would have been a big t- thing for Leia to face to face with Kylo, you know, and finally have that resolve as well. So I still think there's a lot out there, a lot to be resolved. I think you're right. I think it will jump forward. You got to see the Resistance rebuild and all that. But I think there's that now. I can, I'm going to delve into a, a story point real quick. Uh, that sort of as far as you said there's no question about Ray's lineage anymore. I call complete BS. I think Kylo was telling her what he wanted her to hear. I, am and I've thought don't, and my daughter's actually the one who led me to this. I was like, what do you think about Ray's parents not being anyone, you know, being, you know, selling her for alcohol. And she's like, no daddy, that's, that's not how it happened. I'm like, okay, what do you mean? She goes, don't you remember in force awakens when she sees it? She, she watches a ship leave. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. There was a spaceship that left her there, huh? Okay, so I, I go back to my old theory, which was I still think she's Kylo Ren's sister, Han and Leia, uh, Han and Leia's daughter, that was training at the Jedi Academy. Uh, ben couldn't bring himself to kill her, so he takes her, drops her off on Jakku, makes and uses the dark side to make everybody forget she even existed. And then when he then in Force Awakens when he's on when they're talking about. Um, BB-8 being loose with the plans you know Like yeah he's being accompanied by a girl uh, Ben or I mean, Kylo Ren Freaks out in Force Awakens And Force chokes a guy because he says What girl? Like he knew there was A girl on Jakku to be nervous About so I still Stand by the fact that I think he knows He's his sister and he lies to her In this movie to convince her That she, she's nobody because he doesn't Want her to challenge his throne On the First Order that's my take on that
3: I disagree <laughs> Shocker! I, I I don't I don't like that theory. Um, I think if anything, when he's trying to turn her to his side, he if if they were actually brother and sister, there would have been all the reason in the world to to play that card to try Except and he her murdered team. her father. Well, I so no, but. Okay, no. If if she is the da- if she's the daughter of Han Leia, that retroactively no, I, I hate that theory with everything in me. I, no, I, <laughs> you'll you'll hate you'll hate would, episode nine then because I'm would right. retroactively ruin the whole tra- Yeah, no, that, that theory if that it played not, out, uh, that would no. ruin the characters. It would ruin well, well, the characters.
2: Well, here's 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 my two cents about that. I'm not sure how much we can trust the Force Awakens anymore, just because Ryan Johnson has has. Flipped expectations so much in in Last Jedi that I am not sure that what came in the Force Awakens even still stands in this new movie. Interesting. And, and the way I the way almost the way I see Last Jedi is is I'm going to throw a baseball term out there. It's it's like it's like when they say it's a rebuilding year, you know. And I think Ryan Johnson took what he liked from from Force Awakens, put it in in Jedi, and and very deliberately ignored or erased what he didn't like hmm. and and I and I I kind of like that i mean that's that's you know it was it was like you guys were saying you know this this is this is not fan service to to the point of of force awakens when everyone was complaining that it was basically a rehash And now that we got a movie that is definitely not a rehash, people are mad about that, but that's all the other (laughs) thing. But but I, I, um, you know, as Rob was saying, I have no idea what's going to happen in 9. And I really like that. That's that's one of the things I like so much about 8, is that it it has set up so many things with, with different characters that for the first time in a long time, I am looking toward a new Star Wars movie not knowing what the hell is going to happen. And that has not happened since I saw Empire Strikes Back in the theater.
0: Yeah, that's – one of the things I learned during the lead-up to all of this is – and I'm pretty shocked – is that there is no, like – there is no, like, Kevin Feige of this universe. Now, of course, there's Kathleen Kennedy, but from what I understand is – they don't tell, they didn't tell J.J. J. Abrams what to do, and they didn't tell Ryan Johnson what to do. They basically said, have at it. And so if Ryan Johnson wanted to just obliterate what he didn't like out of Force Awakens, which Max, I think you're right, I think he did a lot of that, he was free to do it. So there wasn't, there isn't somebody at Disney saying, okay, Ryan, uh, not you, Ryan, of course, the other Ryan, uh, you know, Ryan, do what you want, but you have to make sure that you leave. You know, Finn in this spot for episode nine, and you have to get Ray to this base. Another sports metaphor, uh, you know, for episode <laughs> nine. <laughs> He's, you know, he 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 was potentially, you know, burning everything down and salting the earth behind him, which was pretty crazy. And while Ryan, I understand what you're saying about, yeah, you know, there is no dramatic cliffhanger. Uh, so what? Why do I even need to see nine? I completely understand what you're saying but I am taking it the other direction and like I don't know what the story is but I like the idea that we are not just going to get maybe they're going to jump way ahead and there won't even be a story of the rebels versus the empire anymore maybe it'll move to something else interesting because we've seen that and it they're never going to do it better you know I mean like I've already seen Star Wars Empire and Jedi 10,000 times And there is no version of that that's going to be better than that. So why not try something completely and utterly different? Maybe so. I mean, I really like The Force Awakens, as I said, but I don't really think that J.J. Abrams is the level of sort of filmmaker that Ryan Johnson is. So I can't picture that J.J. Abrams is going to pick up this ball and just do something completely crazy. But he might. I don't know. It depends on who he hires for the screenwriters. But I'm I'm interested in the idea that the Empire – isn't really much of the empire at this point. You're right; they are kind of like kind of clowns in a lot of ways, uh, and you know they've got the the, the, the main leader guy is in two pieces now. <laughs> like I like all that stuff, so i um, I like the idea of just not knowing what I'm seeing. And the thing about uh, P- Princess Leia and Carrie Fisher, uh, you you know, Ryan, you you had me on the show to talk about like what I thought would might happen. Uh, and I really thought that the way that uh, Admiral Holdo died was the way Leia was going to die. I really thought that was how they would kill off Leia, and they didn't. They left her alive at the end of this movie, and so I'm like, what the hell? You know, like, I'm just sort of baffled, and you're right, they probably are going to have to kill her in the crawl of Episode Nine, which makes me really sad, because she deserves a bigger send-off, but what can they do? But I really thought that when when it seemed like Holdo was going to do the suicide mission, I thought, well, this would have been the way Leia could have died but I guess they would have required much too much shooting I guess to, to patch that together or something I don't know am I crazy like would that have not been a cool way for Princess Leia to go well, out
1: yeah but I imagine they'd already filmed so much of it right. that it, it would have been almost impossible to do that without completely cgi the whole I guess thing so, you know? yeah, yeah.
3: and then you and also you lose the scene between Luke and, and Leia which I which, would not oh, want to lose for right, anything
1: right. oh my right. god All right, so that Luke and Leia scene I don't mean to change the, what your question was that scene has put me in tears probably five times in the last week. Like, I called my sister sobbing the other day. I love you so much. Just the, seeing them together, when they put their heads up against each other, I'm getting foot clumped right now. When they put their foreheads together,
0: it's just like, oh, my God.
1: So it gets me in the feels.
0: I thought that, that was ahead. actually Ryan Johnson giving the fans what they did. Like, I think he realized we have to have a scene of these two yeah. together. We, ha- right. we, di- we're, we didn't get Han and Luke. We'll never get that. But we had to have Luke and Leia, and I love that we had that one moment. I thought that, that really touched me deeply to see the two of them together again.
2: And I have to say, I'm, I'm disappointed that Ryan Johnson's not coming back for the next movie. Hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little leery that it's going to be J.J. Abrams.
1: Yeah, we might get Force Awakens Part Two. I mean, <laughs> his, his uh, Into Darkness was not a return to greatness after the Star Trek reboot, so I'm a little nervous myself.
0: Ray and Finn go to a forest planet where they meet a bunch of bears. This is gonna be.
3: <laughs> I mean, even though I, I said kind of, I'm only like, you're right. Like, like the the rebellion versus the first order. I, okay, you can you can wrap up that saga. It doesn't really interest me. Like, if they did anything, I guess one of the few lingering mysteries that is still sort of enticing is they've mentioned it twice now, but they haven't said what it is. Is the Knights of Ren. Like Kylo Ren is the leader Of the Knights of Ren I think if they If they advance the story A little bit And if Rey who Like she she stole the Jedi text And she's got them on the Falcon If she is kind of Picking up other Force users If they can end the saga With like Kylo Ren And the Knights of Ren Versus A few other young Jedi acolytes and have kind of like a bigger battle or something like that. That might be kind of cool because I will say like the most fun I had in this movie like was right after Snoke dies when Kylo and Rey are working together to fight the guards like that blew me away. I like I think my jaw probably dropped during that whole sequence.
0: Oh yeah, that sequence is extraordinary. Uh, I love that chamber of Snoke with the blood red walls. It was yeah, like a, yeah. mm-hmm. it was like Suspuria or something. I mean, yeah. it's just this amazing <laughs> visual, and that was an amazing lightsaber fight. And I love that when there's one point, I think it's uh, Rey, jabs one of the guards with the lightsaber, and she like holds it in his chest, and the the mm-hmm. soundtrack just has this other, like. You hear the lightsaber just sort of making its way through bone I was like, that's that's killer I'm trying not to curse I'm like, that is effing killer I absolutely love that whole sequel I thought that was just fantastic Now, how can we explain I know we're going to jump around, but what the hell how- What's the explanation for how Snoke was not able to figure out That he was about to get whammied How did he not see that lightsaber turning in his direction?
1: The son of Darth uh, The grandson of Darth Vader, that's why the kid is that powerful okay. and that dangerous. Well, <laughs> see, I, I, mask
2: it. I, I think what it is is that at the same, when when that's happening, Snoke is is basically feeling out um, Kylo Ren, who is who. He basically thinks he's going to grab his own lightsaber because that that lightsaber is on the ground in front of him, right at a distance. Mm-hmm. And the way I took it was that he was basically assuming that he was going to. Reach out to that lightsaber and not the one that was on the table next to him.
3: Yeah, I actually, I there was something that I caught the set on the second viewing was because right before that, Rey takes Kylo Ren's lightsaber and charges Snoke when she sees that um, the the Star Destroyers are blasting the, the the transports on their way to the planet crate. Like she panics and she like charges him, and Snoke just like throws her across the room. She lands right at Kylo's feet, and his lightsaber goes. Sp- like sliding towards him and it kind Of spins as it stops And at right. that point Kylo Ren looks up At Snoke and you see that's the moment Where he figures out what he's going to do He may uh. have thought he was going to betray He might have thought like known that he Wanted to turn on Snoke but I don't think he had a Plan of how he was going to do it until he Saw that and he just kind of like clicks And he's like oh the lightsaber sitting right there At his side he's not paying attention to it He's so focused on what's in front of him He doesn't see the thing at his side and it's just That easy to just spin it to the side and activate the switch. I, I just think Snow. It 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 comes down to arrogance. It's the fault of all the 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 real the hubris with all of the the masters. It's the same thing that Luke said. The hubris of the Jedi. It's the hubris of the
2: Darksiders too. They don't see the real threat in front of them. And, and I loved it too because for for me it was it was a, it was like what it was like the it was like the Indiana Jones shooting the swordsman scene. <laughs> 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 yeah you know, okay it, yeah yeah it 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 just kind of came out of nowhere, and then you had this great fight scene, and it was it was fantastic I, I loved it and i I, I like that there was humor in this movie that there were really dark parts in this movie and and yeah I mean it, it's a movie I think that holds up to scrutiny, even though I know a lot of people are criticizing and saying that it doesn't, but I think if you really pay attention, you know, I, I think Brian Johnson you know he plays with expectations, but he plays fair, mm-hmm.
0: What do we think of the idea that 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 Snoke, who was sort of geared up to be the Emperor, is not going to take that place? I mean,
3: like, Good. yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I, go I ahead, mean, Ryan. I, I, it's it's an original sin from the Force Awakens that they they set up this mystery about him that he's he's so much like a Emperor version two point that you kind of want to know, okay, what is special about him? How what makes him distinct? And now Ryan Johnson just decided, well, that I'm not really interested in that. I, I'm not going I'm not gonna contrive a reason that makes him distinct because to me it's a lot more interesting if Kylo Ren is the big bad and we see his evolution. So instead of having that moment like Darth Vader turning on the Emperor as an act of redemption, as an act of turning towards the light, no, I'm going to have Kylo Ren do what Darth Vader said he wanted to do at the end of Empire Strikes Back, which was, join me, together we'll get rid of the Emperor and we'll rule as father and son. Like That was Kylo Ren's plan. He, killed, he turned on his master, not because it was the right thing to do, but because it, it gave him more power. So I like that. I think it was just... I don't think we were ever going to get a really good explanation that would make Snoke that interesting. So I think Johnson's just like, let's just get rid of him, like take him off the board and faster. It'll just be, it'll just be a fault that these movies have to kind of live with the fact that the supposed big bad isn't all that cool. Or interesting,
0: <laughs> I mean, hey,
3: well, that's, the, the, the visuals looked a lot better in this one. We'll, we'll
0: give that for him. I thought he looked great. I, he looked really uh, cool. I thought it was a great digital character. He looked actually like he was really there.
1: I totally disagree.
0: Totally disagree. I think uh,
1: that he, that was one of the few things I have in my notes that I didn't like. I, he's a step above Stephen Wolf from Justice League,
0: Ooh. but he's a
1: st- <laughs> but he's a step down from any Marvel CGI character. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I paid close attention the second time. It doesn't look like a real person. It doesn't look like he's really there. He looks waxy. He looks fake. So I don't buy it. Regarding Snoop, real quick, going back as far as uh, what Ryan was saying about the big mystery behind him, the fact is there really was no mystery about him. The fans created the mystery. He was introduced. He was the big bad. There was nothing in the movie that actually led you go, huh, how did he get there? Where did he come from? We all just wanted to know his backstory. There was nothing in the story, like waving a fly, going, "There's a mystery here. You should wonder." So I don't really think that's a you know a lot of people are like, "Oh, they abandoned that plot." I don't think there's any plot that they abandoned. I don't think they ever set that up. I think the fans just wanted to know.
3: Well, I, if I can, uh, I'm actually piggybacking on an argument that Nathaniel Wayne made in one of his uh, Council of Geeks YouTube videos, and I talked to him about this too. Is, well, then it's immediately discredited, but okay. yeah, yeah, like the the fact that like the only. I, I think the the problem that is inherent, and it is in the writing, that's not just fan-created, is the expectation of Snoke, is the fact that whoever he is, he corrupted solo. They keep mentioning that point. Somehow he turned to the, sky, the dark side, and now we might never find out how or why. But that is a pretty big point. That is a pretty big plot point in the evolution of this character who was the son of Han Solo and Princess Leia, who's now the big bad in the galaxy. The fact that we don't know what corrupted him or how this guy came into his life when he was still with Luke Skywalker until about six years ago at least. Like, if we never find that out, I think that is a problem with the character.
2: It's just the dark side. I I I don't don't think that's gonna happen though, because I mean we still have we still have Kylo slash Ben. You know, and, and he can tell that story himself.
3: Yeah, I and mean, he might have to. Or they might just, or yeah. JJ might just say, yeah, forget it.
2: Well, I, I don't well, think it's it necessary.
3: They'll do it in a
1: comic book. I don't think it's necessary. I mean, everyone gets tempted by the dark side sometimes. This kid is just a kid who went bad. I I think we've got our answers. I think you guys are looking for too much minutiae details. I, I think the story's there. He, some, you know, Snoke convinced him to. Do something bad because everyone's got a dark side there.
0: Star Wars fans looking for minutiae details? That's, that's, that's insane. I know, that's crazy. I, I will and, and, I, and we'll I will
1: hang up this
3: call. One, <laughs> one more
1: thing for the record. I didn't like the red room. Uh I felt oh. like I know. I, I, it was interesting at first, but then I kept going, is it I could I I actually I had to ask my buddy, is the is the red room cool? Or is it just look like behind the scenes footage where everything's a green screen where they're filming something and they just didn't put the next you know, the background in? So I'm, I'm not there in the Red Room.
0: Oh, my
2: goodness. Ugh. Yeah, I, I totally the, – the, the more I saw the, of the Red Room, the more I liked it. Me
0: too. I was like, do the whole movie in this room. This is great. I love it. I'm not, not to, Look, I actually liked Snoke. I thought uh, I liked the fact that he was just a projection in the first film, and then I liked him here. The one thing I, I was a little kind of like – again, not to be real pedantic about it, but it's like, okay – we see that Snoke is clearly really old. Now, maybe he's all desiccated and whatever, like the way the Emperor was. But clearly he's really old, right? Okay. Well, these movies only take place 30 years after Jedi. So where has this guy been this whole time? If he's this powerful, where, where was he? We didn't hear about him during the other films. You know, it's, to me, it's mm-hmm. like he was like a Qui-Gon. You know, I'm like, wait a minute. He's this hugely important character that nobody's ever talked about since because they couldn't match it. And so that was always a little... And so I'm perfectly fine with that he's off the table. I really am. I'm like, okay, he served his purpose. It was a real, you know, gutsy thing to do in the middle. I I liked all that. So I actually was sort of, was was happy that they got rid of him the way they did. I I like the idea that, that Kylo Ren is going to be the main, really still going to be the main villain, and... I am still on the fence on whether he can be redeemed or not. I don't know. I mean, oh, I, I just rewatched. I, I don't Free, think so. Right. I just watched Force Awakens and I'm like, that effer killed Han Solo.
2: I know. <laughs>
0: I don't want him to be redeemed.
2: He did. He did take his, his finger off the trigger when he was going to kill his mom. There is that. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, we, Leia. We didn't talk about that. Leia with
1: the freaking Force. How amazing! was Like I don't know how y'all's audience was. My audience was extremely vocal, like the cheering and the clapping and the whoo and oh my god! And when Leia used the Force, that was probably the loudest moment in the entire film of the audience
0: just screaming. That was amazing. That made me so happy. It was pretty remarkable to finally see it because when when they throw in her into space, I thought, "Is this how they're going to kill her off?" Really? I, and yeah. then when when her hands started yeah. moving, I'm like what? You know, I thought, "Oh my god, that was I." I'm okay with, the. F- some people I've seen were like, oh, it's the one time she uses the Force, and it's like the hugest Force move possible. But oh, I was wait. like, I'm all right with that. I mean, she clearly is, Is I mean, we see that she's got touches of the Force powers way back in Empire Strikes Back. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. she can, right. Luke, Luke can communicate with her, so clearly she's been practicing and whatever, and she's not a force user by general, but when she needs to use it in like a big moment like that, she does. So I was okay with, it. I thought, again, I thought it was kind of just something I hadn't seen before. And I appreciated that.
3: That was actually, I didn't like that moment. The first time I saw it, um, I thought it looked weird. It was kind of unbelievable and it just didn't sit well with me. I, I kind of had that overreaction. I was like, she's never been that strong. That's kind of like an exaggeration. Like she wouldn't survive or something like that. And, but it, it kind of, I needed to like process and actually my wife Angela actually did some woman splaining to like kind of like help me <laughs> help me understand that scene because she's been reading this uh, sci-fi book series, which is also a sci-fi TV series called The Expanse, Woo! Um, and they they get into some real like hard sci-fi things of like if you're exposed to the vacuum of space, you know you don't explode and you will freeze, but it's not instantaneous. Like you can survive for a few minutes. It's not going to be pleasant, but it takes you a little while. So. She could have like lived, and the the other thing about using the force like that much like it really wouldn't have commanded that much effort because in space there's not friction, there's not like resistance. <laughs> it exactly. would have been essentially it would have been essentially the same thing as if she had held her hand out and like a rope and given the rope a tiny tug, just a little tug would have pulled her all the way back into that thing because there's no resistance, there's nothing pushing her away from that, so. It, it looks really impressive unless you're somebody who thinks it looks like Mary Poppins or a witch just because of the weir- the the way the oh. visuals look. And I don't agree with that, but I've heard that complaint. Um, like, it, I I think we because we've never seen anything like that. It's kind of like mind blowing. But like the way my wife kind of put it to me, I was like, you know what? It actually that works for me just fine. I am totally fine with that scene. I like it.
1: Mm-hmm. You got to assume in 30 years that she's spent a few minutes with Luke doing a little training. I mean, you just right, got to. Right, like, I, I right. kept thinking that Force Awakens. The one thing that was missing was Leia pulling aside her jacket and see, and you just seeing a lightsaber dangling there. I always thought we should have, uh, just to show you know, not using it. Just oh, look, she trained. So seeing this was just like hell yeah, she trained as a Jedi for a few minutes. Hell yes. Uh, yeah.
0: Another another. See, before we get off of this, uh, well, actually, like, I'm going to move off of this. Is there anybody else want to say anything about the Leia thing before I move on to something else?
2: Well, I just want to say real quick that the the space scenes, you know, and I know people have criticized, oh, you know, that it's it was an interstellar chase and running out of gas and all that. But those scenes, especially when they start blowing up the transports and, you know, ships are being destroyed and, you know, all hell is breaking loose. Those were horrifying scenes. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciated that. Because, you know, you hardly ever see the cost of war in Star Wars movies. And this was watching uh, essentially the, you know, the resistance, the rebel alliance, or whatever you want to call it, being decimated, just, just being cut down right in front of your eyes. You know, to the point that in the end, you know, there's there's all that's left fits in the Millennium Falcon. And, and that is... Um, I think that was a very brave scripting choice.
3: Uh, yeah, it's it's we definitely see it as a war of attrition. I mean, that is essentially yeah. the the first order strategy. We're just going to run them down slowly. Like I mean, they could have sent TIE fighters out there again. They could have launched their starter destroyers. I, I, I think there are a lot of tactical choices that I questioned just because maybe maybe I was thinking a little bit more like uh, like JJ. Abrams if he had been directing this, which is, come on, guys, let's get to the action. What are you doing? Why are you doing the slow chase? um and i do think it was uh, again it, it wasn't as exciting but it was a little bit more terrorizing which
2: mm-hmm.
3: could be really profound and really and really really powerful in this type of movie and we it's just something that we haven't seen so.
2: it, it, it was a tension that made you think made me think at one point oh my god they're not going to make it. you know there, there was it it just this kept ship after ship kept, kept getting destroyed and for the first time, you actually really think these guys are not going to win. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah actually, you know, I, I do have
1: something to add to that, Rob, um, about lo- the whole Laura Dern strategy there, right, with 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 not telling Poe. That's one thing that bothered me, too. Um, she, po, she would not tell Poe what the strategy was. Now, I realize that was for the audience's sake, but... It didn't make a lot of sense when you really stop and think about it, especially the second time. Because the second time I'm watching it, knowing what the strategy is, I'm looking, wait a minute. Everybody on the bridge knows what the strategy is because they're helping her get the ships fueled. Everyone in the hangar knows because they're actually fueling the ships. Poe's just about the only person on the ship who doesn't know the strategy. Why wouldn't she tell him other than it was like a flirting almost kind of thing? It was That part kind of <laughs> niggled at me. I, I wouldn't
2: have told Poe either. He, he he had just he had just gotten he had just gotten um um the um what was it that he got, that he got destroyed the, the bombing um, run the, 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 the bombing run yeah. he, he got all those people killed almost destroyed the chance of the bombing run even working and got demoted from commander to captain and this is you know the Holdo was was meeting him for the first time and this is her first impression of it. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have told this hotshot pilot anything either. Okay. Right. I can see
0: that. Yeah, there—there there, there is... Mean, in this God. in this movie, there is a little bit of Poe is the stand-in for the mediocre white man who just goes through life with mm-hmm. way too much confidence. Now, we've <laughs> seen that he's a really good pilot, but frequently he is wrong about a lot of things in this movie. But before I... I Max, you mentioned something about the human scale of war, and I don't want to forget this sequence because we're going to move on to other things. And I want to mention this: that whole opening scene with Paige Tico, mm-hmm. I thought was mm-hmm. terrific because we never see in these Star Wars movies these massive battles where thousands of people are blown up, reduced to the scale of a single life. Because we're we're used to seeing the you know the Ewok battles where we're seeing you know people getting mowed down or oh look you know. The, 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 the guys running the turret guns on Hoth Are getting all destroyed by the Adat Walkers. Here we see the efforts of one person. And I love the way that Ryan Johnson shot it. That close up, where we see her, just the big close up of her eye on the one hand side of the screen while the, the, the rest of the, the shot is in focus. I guess it's like a split diopter kind of thing. I thought that was fan- watching her kick that metal rod to get that damn thing to fall. I thought that was fantastic, and I loved that he brought these huge battles down to that scale. That this thing hinges on the bravery of one single person that we'll never hear about again, and you know probably will never even get an action figure. Although this is Star Wars, so they probably will. No, Paige.
3: Paige has an action figure. (laughs) I almost (laughs) bought it
0: today. Paige has an action figure as well.
3: Yeah, she has. I okay. almost bought it today, and I will tell you, like, I completely agree. Like, just watching her and seeing her die in like the first couple of minutes, I was like, I already like this character more than anybody from Rogue One.
0: <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, speaking of the the Tico uh, sisters, because uh, we have the the other Tico, the whole sequence on Kando Bite. Uh, that seems to be a real sticking point with with a lot of people is the whole sequence. Now, like, I mean, what do we think about that? Like, Shag, did you like that whole diversion?
1: Uh, it's a tough one for me. There's so many different sides of it. Um, no, it's not my favorite thing in the movie. It, it does make an interesting another set piece because you know Star Wars is always about different environments. You get the salt planet, you get the gambling planet, you get space. It works. You know, they you get your three environments, but. You know, if you stop from a plot point of view And you look, okay, they went there to get the slicer To come and help them, you know get, Defeat the tracking device Well, the tracking device was never used in the film again So therefore, they never really needed the slicer And the slicer's the one who betrayed them Who told the First Order where they were going To this uh, to, the, to the salt planet So therefore, bringing him actually made a problem So actually going to the gambling planet Made everything worse um, But, uh, in general though It just didn't, it, it it didn't seem to fit with the tone of the movie. The tone of the movie was the running battle, the running wearing you down, the exhaustion, the, the you got to keep going, you got to keep going. And then this was kind of a whole different, weird sort of thing. Um, it, it didn't fit as well for me. There were bits and pieces I certainly liked in it, but in general, it didn't fit for me. And I'm still kind of pissed that we got uh, Del Toro instead of Lando.
0: Yeah, he is the sort of Lando in this in the sequence. And and I can't. I don't know whether. I, I thought it was probably the least involving sequence because it did feel like, God, you guys are really running out of time. Do you really have all this – you know, do you have time to do all this stuff? And, and I wonder if the politics of it were a little more subtle. People wouldn't have as much problem because this is so clearly an eat the rich sequence. Yeah. And Ooh. that's fine and I don't mind that and I completely agree with that philosophy anyway. But I mean I just don't know whether – sort of jamming it into a Star Wars movie, which is already very long. It's the longest Star Wars movie they've made, uh, whether that is part of the problem. I think maybe – been I mean, I know they needed it to, to pay off with the little kids, that whole notion. And I have to say, I absolutely am in love with the Rebellion secret decoder ring. I mean, <laughs> I love – I mean, I can't – I don't know. I don't, like, buy Star Wars toys anymore. But, like, do they make those? Because I'd buy one of those things that you turned and it shows you the rebel. Like, that thing is great. I was like, get, get they should distribute those in the lobby, man. Those things are fantastic.
1: <laughs> it's all about the merchandising.
0: Uh, man, I mean, Ryan, what did you think of that whole, the Kanto bite sequence?
3: Hated it. Wow, okay. Um, no, it, like, uh, no, I... I it, it it bothered me because I could see it coming from a mile away that this was going to be kind of an extraneous plot line. It started when they contact Maz Kanata, and I'm like, this scene does not belong here. And then they go to this planet, and first of all, it's like, okay – the, the whole contrived nature of what they need to do Like, okay, the, the First Order has developed A new type of tracking technology That can track them through hyperspace I'm like, we've never seen this before, but okay It's it's the future, I'm fine with this I, I can I can work with this Future? Um, we need, well, the future from the last couple movies um, oh, Okay, I was going to say, it's right there in the crawl, man A less, long time ago Slightly less than a long time ago um, <laughs> A long time ago plus 30 Yeah, exactly So, but but then I'm thinking, okay, who's going on this mission? Um, you got Finn, who knows all of the ins and outs of the first order protocol, the layouts, the schematics of their ships. He's got their training and everything. We've got BB-8, a jack of all trades droid that can pretty much hack into anything or do whatever. And then we've got Rose, this technician who's good at all of like these. But I was like, between the three of them, they should have been able to do the mission themselves. I don't think they needed a thief and a code breaker. Like I, I, I could just see. I was like. Come up with a different plot Like page one rewrite Of this part of the script Ryan Go back and just Come up with a different way Of getting them on The, the super duper Megalithic Star Destroyer or Whatever Snowcat Which was just Ostentatiously big um, But so then Okay instead they go To this casino planet Which I like the idea of this world. I like the idea of a different kind of atmosphere that we've really never seen because instead of being a wretched hive of scum and villainy, it's like the scum are wearing tuxedos. Right. And it's (laughs) a different play. And there were a little bit of times when I kind of got flashes of the prequels. And as much as I liked the broom kid in the end – because of that last shot, like when they focus on the kids with the foath ears, the like horses and everything, and that same kid is going like woo woo woo, like shaking his fist. I was like, oh, this is the bad territory. <laughs> Wizard. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so and then like, I, I, Shag, what, what you were saying, like, like the whole idea of like the, this this theory of like war profiteering and and how bad these people are like it was introducing a lot of ideas that were really interesting for Star Wars that just didn't belong in this Star Wars story like that could have been a great spin-off story like a, for one of their like a, a Star Wars story movies or something like that like doing delving into that type of world that type of part of the universe but it just didn't belong in this movie that was already too fat um, it was a I, role playing. It was a role playing adventure. Yeah, there you go. And, and if even you like
1: look at it, it's like here's your mission. You go here. You go a. You get this thing, which needs you to unlock the next thing, and that's what it feels like.
3: Yeah, and when they get on the the of like the non horse thing, and they're running through the city, I didn't like the visuals. It felt like they were moving too fast for being on these creatures, and. Uh, it just and then I, I just I didn't like Benicio del Toro's character. He annoyed me. He's he's one of those actors that I can never see him disappear into a role. I always know that I'm looking at Benicio del Toro. And sometimes, they, like when he's the collector, it's just because that character is supposed to be so weird. He he pulls it off. But and and yeah, the whole time I was thinking, I was like, this could have been Lando and Lobot instead. You could yep. Lando and Lobot for this role. But I, ultimately, I think and and yeah, as you're right, because they they get to. Then they get onto the Star Destroyer, and they have the, we bring back Captain Phasma. Why? Like uh, just because the actress was under contract. And when when Finn is fighting her, I'm, I was kind of bored during that fight because I I didn't care. And so when we lose her, I'm like, this whole thing accomplished nothing except as you as you pointed out, it put the rebellion in more danger. It was just a colossal screw up that Poe eventually has to kind of learn from because. I really think Poe and Luke might be The only characters who have arcs in this movie Um. Well, no, a few other people do But I think Poe and Luke have the most Dramatic and most pronounced character arcs Um, And Poe's Is just learning the value of strategic Withdrawal and that it's better to Keep people alive than it is to Sacrifice these great, you know Heroic deeds That's what Leia taught him three times
1: In the the movie, is that that's what leadership Means, is to retreat (laughs) Now we we we've we've talked so much we haven't given Max a chance to talk about this second act. What do you think Max?
2: It's um I was I was okay with it as far as like you said it was kind of like a like a side adventure, <laughs> a D&D side adventure. Uh-huh. But the um but it was the weakest part of the of the film for me, I think. And a lot of that had to do with well th- there's two parts to it. I th- when they when they first got there, I think what bothered me was that they they instantly kind of relaxed into the into the setting, and there was no urgency, and I just kept thinking, everyone is waiting for you back on that ship, and and people are being blown up, you got you've got to to hurry, but the the other part I think for me is because you know and and you guys have said and other people have said. You know what was the point of this? Because all they did was was fail, and what was the point of that? Because it didn't work. And but I think that's kind of an overarching theme of the movie, and that goes back to Luke, and um, and his conversation with Yoda, which I'm, I'm hoping we're going to talk about. Um, yeah. But that was, um, you know, the the whole point of 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 that lesson to Luke, and I think the the point of the entire movie is that there that you can learn from failure. And that things aren't always going to go right for you, which is I think something that the the previous Star Wars movies have very studiously avoided um, and part of the reason why this this movie can be such a downer for people but getting getting back to the the whole casino thing i i I think it was a chance for them to do something light and do and kind of lighten up the movie in itself but i I didn't feel that it was completely necessary I mean that that was you know, as Ryan said That that was fat that could have been trimmed
0: It's funny you guys are both referring to it as like a side adventure Like what I picture is like If this had been like the 70s or 80s This would have been a Marvel Star Wars annual You know, it would have been like an <laughs> extra long story That you could sort of just go off on the side It's like, oh, Paige and, Ra- Paige and Finn Go off to the casino planet And they look for the guy with the boutonniere And I could just picture that It was just, you know, like a completely side adventure Yeah, I, I didn't dislike it as much as A lot of people did I actually really like the page character, and so I was. I'm sorry, Rose. Yeah, Paige is on the one that mm-hmm. died. I like Rose a lot, and I'm glad that she got like kind of this her own little storyline. But yeah, I would say in in again, I have said this on other episodes of Film and Water. To me, movies that are two and a half hours are almost always too long, but movies that are three hours are not, because I feel like mm-hmm. if you're going to go all the way and make a three-hour movie. You really do have to justify the story, and I, I a lot of three-hour movies I love, like you know, Boogie Nights or The Godfather. I mean, but I think if a movie's two and a half, it basically means there's a lot of fat in there, and I feel that there is. That is, for the case here, I'm like, yeah, this we didn't need 19 minutes of footage of the kangaroos smashing through things, and I understand it was Ryan Johnson sticking it to war profiteers and things like that, but. Well, Animal you know. Cruelty, too. And Animal Cruelty, which, I, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely appreciated. But I just, and again, in a movie where the running time is really pushing it, I think that, you know, you probably could have trimmed it here and there. And, yeah, Benicio Del Toro, I liked him just fine. Uh, whether it should have been Lando, that's something I will get to near the end of this, this episode. Uh, but, Ryan, you brought up Captain Phasma. Now, Captain Phasma is clearly the Boba Fett Of this trilogy, (laughs) because it's the character that everybody is like, she's gonna be mother effing awesome, and then they bump them off, (laughs) like pretty pretty unceremoniously. Like I was like, wow, they killed Phasma off already. I liked the shot of her with with her helmet open, and you see her eye. I thought that was a great visual, but I really did kind of feel like, wow, they've. that's it for Phasma. Like, is she gonna fall into the Sarlacc, or like what? I mean, like, you know, that 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 felt a little like Ryan Johnson saying, "Yeah, I don't like this character at all. So, forget her."
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think she's sort of superfluous, but it was there. Sort of like they have a checklist for each character. Like, okay, each character has to have their moments. You know, someone mentioned that earlier about how Finn needed a moment. That was Finn's moment. It was like, okay, Finn needs to face his past as a Imperial soldier. Oh, the only way to do
0: that is with Phasma. Check. Mark that box. Mm-hmm. I got kind of bored during that fight, too. Yeah, I, 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 if I was Gwendolyn Christie, I'd be kind of like, hey, guys, come on. You know? I mean, I'm Gwendolyn Christie. I mean, that's why you hired me. I mean, it, it's it, considering that you never see her with her helmet off, I feel that you really could have hired anybody. To be in there, and you didn't need her, but you know that that was maybe, and that that comes not that long after Snoke gets killed, and so that felt a little like, all right, boy, Ryan Johnson is just checking off the J.J. Abrams characters left and right. I mean, he's just like, yeah. forget it, I don't care about it. you know. Here you go, here you go, J.J. I'm going to leave you like three characters to deal with. Have fun making your movie. Um, speaking of characters, though, we do need to talk about something they managed to keep secret. Yoda, the return of oh Yoda, gosh. and the return of Puppet Yoda, not even just Yoda, Hell, but Puppet yes. Yoda, and, and not even Puppet Yoda, but, but pain-in-the-ass impish Yoda, from Empire Strikes <laughs> yeah. Back, I exactly. he loved seeing old pain-in-the-ass Yoda instead of old boring general Yoda, I liked that we had a Yoda that
3: just sits there and makes pitch turners there, or not, I that was just loved all that stuff <laughs> When when he calls down the lightning to set the tree on fire, and you just see him, like, kick his legs up, kicking and laughing and everything. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I almost died. That was such a great moment.
1: It, without a doubt, best Yoda since Empire. I mean, no, de- no denying it. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no denying oh, yeah. it. It was yeah. beautiful. It was a thing of beauty. Yeah. yeah. I, if, I, if they had to bring Yoda back, that's the way they had to do it.
0: Were you – was everybody happy that they did? I mean, obviously, they can't bring Ben back because of, uh, you know, because of – Reality, but they can bring Yoda back at any time. Is everybody everybody was happy with that return with Yoda coming back?
3: Oh, absolutely! And yeah. I, I will say, like, I, I think I mean people will will talk. People have, I think, rightly said this is Mark Hamill's like one of his be- best performances, if not his best performance ever. Um, I think a lot of people tend to kind of dismiss his acting in. In the classic trilogy I always thought his acting in The Empire Strikes Back Was terrific given the fact that he was Mostly reacting to a puppet Through about, through about like two thirds of The Empire Strikes Back The fact right. that he was the only person On that set for like most of that movie I thought well, he, he always did a really good job So I think he's he, he can react With Yoda in, in some really wonderful ways
1: Well, I want to say one thing about the whole uh, thing with Luke, though, in Yoda. Having Yoda as the ghost there sort of sets up for this trilogy the ability to have Luke as a force ghost in the next movie. Which.
2: I I think that's definitely going to happen.
1: Yeah. You do? I think he's going to. I I do. I don't know that he's going to have, like, you know. Thirty minutes of screen time. It might only be five minutes of screen time, but I think he's going to have you know, if nothing else, sort of like a Ben Roll in Empire or Return, where he's walking around in the swamp as a ghost. I think he'll be there as a ghost talking to Ray. I don't, so, think, I don't think he'll just
3: wave at the end. I think he'll have a scene or two. His his finale was so beautiful in this movie. I liked it so much that I almost I, I would I might prefer him to not appear as a forced ghost to just have that be the end of him. If he does come back as a ghost, though. I have a completely different idea for what I would like to see, which is what he tells um, Kylo oh. Ren during their battle. When he says, if you strike me down in anger, he says something to the effect of, you'll never be rid of me. I mm-hmm. would like him to appear as a proper ghost and haunting Kylo Ren's ass.
2: That, <laughs> that would, would be just awesome.
3: Haunting him and, constantly, and basically oh. driving him crazy. And, and I, I'm really torn on this because now that Kylo Ren is the big bad for the third one, he can't have any more scenes when he's crying. Like, he's got to – he's been a broken, volatile person for two movies. He's got to get his act together. But if they can have actually Luke basically driving him to insanity, that would at least be something fun and different. But if I had to pick something, I, I think I would be I, – I would prefer this to be the last time we see Luke. Dude. Yeah, I, I'm there Luke. too.
0: I, I... – I liked Luke's end so much and I got so emotional during it that I don't want to see him come back as a force ghost. But if they do if they do, I agree. It would be great if he's like a kid eternity thing where he's just <laughs> he's just haunting Kylo Ren and Kylo Ren is like, Shut oh, like he can't even he can't sleep, he can't eat because Luke is just constantly there, like nah 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 and he's like wiping the dust off his shoulder and stuff like that. Like that would be Great to just drive Kylo Ren bonkers I think that's that, that would be kind of a really fun That would be him being like Yoda Being like a yeah. really cruel impish kind of Way but I don't I don't know I just I thought that scene of him On the rock where he sees the two sons And the music comes up I just thought this is such a perfect Way to send this Character off you know I don't. I don't know I don't
2: well, know I, I think I would be okay with it if he comes back As a disembodied voice the way mm. the way Kenobi did in, in in the first Star Wars, and just left it at that. I don't I don't need to see him, but I I like the idea of him being a voice whispering in people's ears. Mm. I I think if Carrie Fisher hadn't passed away,
1: it would have been fine not to have Luke in the next movie. However, mm. with her gone, there's nobody left other than Chewy and the droids from the classic trilogy. Cool. You've got to have some connective tissue, especially with everyone having a fit. Going, it's not my Star Wars anymore. So <laughs> having having Luke in the next one makes perfect sense. And Ryan's theory of him being the the you know the. Whatever the name of the ghost was from the Ghost of uh, from the Christmas Carol, you know, haunting uh, Kylo is freaking genius. That is that is absolutely the way they should go. Anything else is completely unacceptable at this point. Uh, so well done. Well,
2: so, but speaking well, of, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Max. No, I was going to say just just uh, just real quick that that um, at the end of his battle with Kylo, which is awesome. If um, that last line he gives when he says "See you around, kid," that's that's a Han Solo line, right? Yes.
0: Oh,
1: nice. Yeah. I I was convinced we were going to see a Han ghost because it's a real tight shot of Luke when he says, you'll see, you know, your father, just like your father haunting you. I thought he was going to step aside and we're going to get a Han ghost right behind him is what I thought. (laughs) And by the way, I I, I figured out very early on that Luke was a force ghost. Did anyone else – was anyone else shocked when that was revealed or did I was. I completely missed that. I had no idea. I
2: was shocked. Yeah, I, I had no idea either. That that caught me completely off guard.
1: Well, the first the, the Grecian formula that made his you know didn't, he didn't have the gray hair anymore was the first tip off. But then I noticed that all the shots of him dancing around in the salt, where everyone else was skidding it and making red line marks, he wasn't. And mm. I was like, oh, there we go.
0: That's brilliant. The reason so. I noticed the thing where he looked younger and i the reason that didn't click with me is because i was like well now we know that when the uh, jedis die they apparently turn back into uh hayden christensen so apparently you can oh. like turn back into your best version of yourself <laughs> so jedis are these really vain people they're like oh i'm if i'm going to present a f- permanent image of myself it's going to have to be the you know i have to look perfect but no yeah. i didn't yeah. notice there was all those shots of of kylo ren's feet in the in the dirt and i didn't i missed that entirely so good on ryan johnson cuz i that i missed that
2: if a hating Christian, if a hate, if if a if an Anakin's Force Ghost comes back, I am going to start my own petition.
1: <laughs>
2: I do have a couple of quick things to
1: say about Luke. Uh, one is, I do love that he has an arc where he refuses to fight and then he turns around and comes to fight at the end. Where the reason I want to bring this up is because I, I have been talking to some people lately who didn't enjoy the film, and they're saying that they didn't like Luke's negativity and his refusing to help. Throughout most of the movie, like they're saying, this is not the Luke Skywalker that went through a journey where he was whiny in A New Hope, but by the end of Return of the Jedi, he was the hero that stepped up. And I disagree. I, well, it's not that I disagree. I say that people change. Life life changes you. And after thirty years of everything beating him down and all those people being dead, I think it's a very logical progression that he has become the hermit that Obi Wan Kenobi was. Except he wasn't waiting for the next hope. He was saying, "It's it. I'm done. I'm out." And I I don't think that's a problem. I, again, everyone has horrible experiences, and there's still the story of him coming back around, and, and heroically dying, you know, with the Force stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that journey's okay. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about was uh, there's a lot of complaints about Luke giving into the dark side, which created Kylo Ren. And uh, I had a very long discussion about this, and they're like, no, Luke would never give into the dark side. Ignite his lightsaber and threaten Ben, you know, his nephew. That would never happen. That's not my Luke Skywalker. I totally disagree, because Luke was always sort of walking the edge. I mean, in Empire, you know, he was in the cave. He drew the lightsaber first. He was walking the edge of the dark side there. In Return of the Jedi, he is savagely attacking Vader. He was almost on the edge of turning into the dark side and stopped himself. And in this case, with Ben, he, did, he, he looked into Ben. He saw a tremendous amount of the dark side, which possibly even reflected against him, which tempted him, and he was tempted for a second, much like he had been previous times in his life, but he stopped himself. So I think that's perfectly acceptable. What happened there when when he you know ignited the lightsaber in Ben's in Ben's room? I think that makes perfect sense with the
2: story. I don't think it's completely out of character. Yeah, I I, I I agree. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think Luke did anything that was out of character at all, and it it all makes sense. And look, Luke is now a a, a middle aged to older man. Okay, <laughs> I am a middle aged man. I am not the cheerful person I was in my 20s. <laughs> okay? That, that, to me, makes perfect sense. And all the crap that, that Luke has gone through, and you have to remember, too, he is the last Jedi Knight. He is carrying this entire burden himself. And, you know, he doesn't have a council to go to. He doesn't have peers. He doesn't have anything. He has an island full of porgs and blue milk. And, Green you know... Milk milk <laughs> Re- this time, and and that's and you know and that's going to affect a person, and plus just this guilt he's carrying that he almost killed that he even for a second thought of killing his nephew, right? You know, of course he's gonna he's gonna be a grumpy old man.
3: Yeah, I, I remember when you know again going back to my my reactions to The Force Awakens when I found out that basically Luke was. It was repeating the same journey as Obi-Wan, that he was a great Jedi Knight who failed as a master and his his apprentice went bad and is bringing the galaxy to hell and now he's in hiding. When I heard that, I was like, God, I, I hated that so much and and I did not want this to be where Luke Skywalker eventually ended up. So with all of that against it, I thought his journey and his performance in this movie was terrific. They gave me the Best possible story for Luke in this movie based On a premise that I was Adverse to wanting to accept to Begin with Um, I thought all of His performances his surliness His combativeness like from From the beginning when she hands him The lightsaber and he Throws it over his shoulder (laughs) Perfect Perfect I like, I, like, wanted to blow a kiss to the screen at that moment. I was like, yeah, because it's not even just dismissively dropping it. Like, I don't care about the Jedi anymore. It's like, no, get this garbage off of my planet. And, like, like the whole thing and, like, his lessons and everything and how, like, mean-spirited he was at some points. And, like, how he's taunting Ray with the feather or, like, the grass leaf or whatever. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. I love that bit. Of course. And he, like, slaps her. He's like, you idiot. Um... I liked all of that stuff. And and yeah, like the the whole scene. I think I think ultimately what works with that moment with him confronting Ben with the lightsaber and everything is that we show we see that scene three times from three different perspectives, like three different ways. And I think if you're paying attention, if you're just taking it on face value, you should have no problem because it's exactly what Shag said. It's he went into that room. He, he reached out and he felt The darkness in for in Ben Probably got like a vision of the future deeds That he w- he could possibly do And it was almost a gut reflex It was defensive in the way he turns on His lightsaber to protect himself And by the time he realizes what he's done It's too late Ben has seen him jump to the wrong Conclusion so it really informs Both of their characters in this horrible Tragic mistaken like uh, Impression
2: so I thought That was wonderfully handled I really really liked that moment um, and, and Luke yeah. even Luke even says that outright he says yeah, that yeah. he he had a moment of instinct in and yeah. that it was only, it was less than a second but that it was you know it was something that flared and and he tamped down yeah. but yeah he he says that outright and I'm, and what what i like about that whole thing is that luke and you know and when he's talking to 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 leia you know during the goodbye he tells her that he cannot save ben and leia leia acknowledges that she says my son You know, my son died, or I don't remember how to say it. She says he's gone. He's gone a long long time ago. And what's important there is that Luke knows he can't redeem Kylo, but he's able to redeem himself.
0: A couple things uh, that occurs to me is uh, first of all, uh, I'm not sure if he's listening, but uh, Max's nephew, if you ever sleep over, sleep with one eye open. (laughs) (laughs) I ran your uncle. I'm just saying. Uh,
2: oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> so, uh, secondly, the, the scene—I thought of him. The scene where he tosses the lightsaber was fantastic. I mean, to me, what I picture in that moment is like a bunch of old Star Wars fans, like myself. Handing Ryan Johnson their precious Kenner action figures, and he just throws them into the river. <laughs> He's just like, "Screw you, you overgrown fanboys!" Hey! and he just throws them. Huh? My FX Seven, you know, like it just and that 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 can be taken really poorly uh, or really well. And I think you know, I thought it was really very gutsy. But in, in, the whole thing about that Luke wouldn't do this or Luke, I don't like being crabby old man. Well, there's there's a famous quote from Orson Wells where he says. Uh, if you want a happy ending, it depends on where you end your story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Luke and Han and Leia got a happy ending in Return of the Jedi, but things don't last forever. And, you know, time moved on. And, yes, they all kind of ended up in places we wouldn't necessarily want them to go, but they did get their momentary happy ending, and maybe it lasted for several decades. I mean, I'm not ready to say, well, God, the the, tri- the, the triumphs they all experienced at the end of Return of the Jedi lasted for forever. That's it. Everything's over. All, all the troubles over. They they killed the emperor. They blew up the Death Star. The bears ate the stormtroopers, and everything was good in <laughs> perpetuity. You know. Um, so I, I I was okay with that, and in fact they said that Luke got such a great final ending. And we were talking about whether you want to come back as a Force ghost. I think I'm okay with it, but I'd also okay with not because. And this is we haven't talked about this character at all. Ray. I thought Daisy Ridley, I think Daisy Ridley, in terms of who they found the right person to play this role, is on par with casting of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. They found such a perfect person, and I think she carries this film, even though she's not in it as much proportionately, I am so involved in her journey that I am interested in seeing her kind of become like a Luke figure In the third film, but she's not tortured. She doesn't necessarily need help because she's maybe not going to train Jedi. She's going to kind of go do her own thing. I like that stuff entirely. I thought she was just terrific in this movie. And, you know, she got into a bunch of trouble where she said she was done with the Star Wars movies after the next film. And they're like, how dare you say that? What do you mean? You're not going to do 10, 10, 11, and 12? I don't want to see 10, 11, and 12. I really want this cycle to end after the next one. You know? I'm happy with it being conclusive of this story ends with the episode 9 and then we're done and then Ryan Johnson can go make his whole other sets of movies but I right. I, I don't know I, I thought there was I thought she was just great in this movie and I, I'm I'm happy I'm excited to watch where she goes in the next movie
2: I don't think you're getting any argument out of us All right. yeah. no I, I I think Daisy Ridley is, is great and she's just, just as she was in, in force awakens and, and even though she doesn't she's not she doesn't have as much screen time as she did in Force Awakens in this movie, but she she's the heart of it, yeah. I, I think, and in in that sense she carries this movie herself. I can't imagine any other character um, doing it with. I mean, I can't imagine this movie without Ray, yeah. basically. And I and I can't I, you know, like you like you mentioned with Gal, Gal Gadot, I can't at this point I can't imagine anyone else in that role.
0: Do we think that it, they're going to hook them up, Harry and and Finn, at the end because they have their first meet at the end of this movie? They didn't meet in the first film. We feels so like you, know, you do, mean you did. mean you mean Poe. You said I'm Finn. sorry, Poe. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Of course, Finn and Finn and uh, Rose are are being paired up. But what about? I mean, are we gonna? I mean, I don't even know if I even want to see Daisy Ridley, her character, in a romance. I don't think she needs it. Well, let's take a step back from
1: you know just wish fulfillment. What's the what happened there? Because Finn and Rey really seem to be on a journey as a couple in the previous movie. And even in this movie, the first half of it, you know, maybe you could just read it as them being really close friends. I'm not sure. But it really seemed like they're on a journey. And then suddenly we take a left turn. Is it, is it like what happened in the previous trilogy where Le- Leia, you think it's Leia, Luke, Leia, Luke? Oh, wait, Leia and Han, maybe? Oh, what's this? Is it that kind of turn? I, I don't know. It, it seems to me they're just trying to distract us.
3: Um, I think... Uh- I mean I can certainly understand Finn being in love with her um, Who wouldn't um, I don't know if that's reciprocal Although I think it is noteworthy that he wakes up And asks where she is And she like like tells Chewie A couple of times try and get word to the, to the Resistance and ask about Finn Like she's, yep. she's still thinking about it. I do think they do love each other in Maybe in the same way that Luke And Leia loved each other In The Empire Strikes Back um, in the sense, I mean, they, they had a connection that was able, he, he was able to reach her across the planet Bespin when he was dangling for his life. In And at that time, they didn't know they were siblings as far as the storytellers knew, they weren't siblings. Um, but there was a love there, even if it wasn't romantic. I think we might see the same kind of thing between... Ray and Finn. I think Rose definitely has a a fangirl crush on Finn, and she kissed him at the end. I don't know if that will be reciprocated. Um, I know the fans want to see Finn and Poe together um, because you know, (laughs) you know know, why not? Uh, Like the whole, the whole thing at the end with that was the one moment when it was like when like Poe and Ray introduced themselves. At the end it was kind of like And I'm like okay I guess this is their first scene together But they would have met at the end of the last movie When they're both at the resistance base Like yeah. they should know each other already And it was kind of like It, it felt very forced like oh hi This this is like a meet cute Like are, are we going to see the this build up a relationship And if so that feels very contrived But maybe they'll do something organic I, I don't know Like on, honestly if they were going to develop a, a relationship or a romance Between any of these characters I think Rey has a deeper connection still To Ben or to Kylo than any of them And we see that at the end That even after Snoke is dead She's still connected to him through the Force
1: Well, but she closed the door
3: She did, no, I mean, yeah That, she, she was closed. The... that, door, that door closing was
1: the symbolism Of saying our connections are done
3: Yeah, that's probably true But I mean, I, and that's her—that's her brother, dude. <laughs> no, no. He should have put a
0: shirt on. It wouldn't have it wouldn't have been a problem. It? Uh, we, we do need to kind of wrap up here a little well, bit. I, I want to say
1: yes. I want to say one thing: the one relationship I actually wanted to see explored the most, the most shipping I was doing in the movie, was Poe and uh, Laura Dern. I like—I totally wanted to see that
0: happen. <laughs> well, for the hold o go boom, that's not going to happen. Uh, by the way, go, going through someone else's ship at hyperspeed. Boss move, oh, uh, nice. uh, boss. That whole sequence where where the sound when dropped the sound, out was yeah, the sound absolutely like, fantastic. Dude, and she like wrecked like seven star destroyers with that maneuver yeah, too. Like, that was a. They, that's the kind of thing you do with your Kenner toys when you're a kid. You're like smashing <laughs> stuff. You're like, what happens if my land speeder goes to one speed? You know, you do all that kind of stuff. So so as we're sort of winding down here, I will uh, I will jump to the thing that that I, in terms of what we want to see. In episode nine, now we now know we're not going to get it because you know we're, I think they've said they've reset the table in a way. But I will say the one thing I would like to say is I am okay with the fact that our holy triumvirate of Han, Luke, and Leia all met ends that were not ideal. Leia is obviously going to die off uh, camera, and even though even if that is uh, regarded uh, mentioned as peaceful, it. It'll be in the middle of a war. She's been fighting a war her whole, time, her whole life, and she's tired. That, so that's kind of an unhappy ending. Hand met an unhappy ending. Luke, sort of an unhappy ending. I mean, he kind of got his Jedi peaceful thing. But they all, you know, in one way or the other, didn't go the way we would hope they would go. And poor Admiral Akbar dies off camera. Right. The one character I want to see come back, Lando. And I want to see Lando come back as the happy guy. Lando's been living life since the end of Return of the Jedi. He is happy. He is. He comes out somehow gets wrapped into this story of these young kids again. But I want him to be, hello, what have we here? I want him to be, <laughs> I want <laughs> Billy Dee Williams to be given a happy arc. This, of all the original trilogy characters, he's the one that didn't meet some horrible, bitter... Difficult ending after Jedi. That's what, I think we can get one character out of all these that that has that. That's what I would like to see.
1: The perfect way to send him off is don't kill the character. Just right. the last time you see him, see him sitting at a sabic table playing cards. Yeah, yep. that'd be the, that'd be the perfect ending for him.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I want to see. So so as we wound in here, let me go to Max. Like what. Do you have anything that you particularly want to see? Or are you, as you talked about in the beginning, you're just sort of like, hey, man, whatever you want to do, guys. You, they've, set the, they've, they've, they've shaken the etch-a-sketch so heavily that it really could be anything.
2: I, what I would like to see is I would like to see the next movie jump five or seven years ahead so that we can, you know, because right now, I mean, the, the, the table has been almost completely wiped clean. And I would like to see, and I don't need to see it all on camera, but I would like to see, um, you know, Rey kind of finding herself some more. Um, Probably the rise of the the First Order into something resembling more like the Empire, but, you know, still on the edges of it. Um, I would like to see Poe learning his lessons from, from, you know, his hard lessons from this whole battle that they went through and becoming an, an effective leader. And you know, I, I would just like to see growth from these characters in a way that makes sense.
1: Um, I want to see. Sorry, guys, I really am hung up on this. I want to see Ray revealed as a part of the Skywalker clan. And <laughs> I, I'm I'm not kidding though. I mean, really, the, Star, the the Star Wars numbered sagas is about the Skywalker legacy, and they they started it with Anakin. But is not Ryan like Johnson
0: a, saying that it isn't? Isn't by that? Isn't it, he's not doing the ne- he's not doing the next movie.
1: So well, I'm just right. saying, what Ryan Johnson? I still I'm telling you, it's a red herring because J.J. Uh, Abrams loves his secrets, and the big reveal should be in the third movie, the final act, where you go, oh my gosh, she was a Skywalker all along. So I, I want to see her revealed as part of the Skywalker clan, so that when they end the saga movies in nine, you get the Skywalker clan moving forward on a positive note. I don't want the Skywalker clan to end with Kylo Ren, the chump. You know, it it needs to end with Rey, the heroic Skywalker, who will continue the family line on. That's how it needs to end. Uh, I also want to see Mumra and uh, Slithe, uh, I mean Hux and uh, uh, Rho, get taken out. (laughs) Because that's the way it needs to happen there. I mean, the First Order needs to be defeated. Or at least their leadership. Maybe you get a new leader come in, so you have some more movies. You know, Thrawn would be freaking amazing. But... um, but yeah, I want to see her revealed as a Skywalker. Take down uh, Kylo, and then uh, you you move that forward. The Skywalker saga ends on an upbeat note. That's what I want.
3: All right, Ryan. I want Shag to cry because his fan <laughs> theory doesn't pan out to be true. <laughs> um, no, I I, I think right. I, I think the the Skywalker saga will end with the probably with the death of Ben Solo, and I think we'll find out that Luke was really the only white sheep in the family. Or Leia too, I guess. Like Leia, yeah. Yeah, the the middle generation was the good ones. Padme, Um, what? Jeez, man. (laughs) Uh, Who? I don't. Anyway, Um, (laughs) hey, they said Sidious in this movie. I cringed when they freaking did too. They did. Uh, um, But what do I want to see from the next one? Um, I would like to see the Knights of Ren, whatever they are, um, because the first order uh, kind of bores me you should, like show me something different it's, i've seen the empire before and the first order is now like version 2.0 and i don't i'm not scared of hux um, so i would like to see kylo ren with a few more kind of like not apprentices but kind of like like servants and sidekicks that that kind of like similar to him um, and maybe a few other maybe Ray has picked up a few others and like shown them the books and kids like that broom kid are running around like, like young force adepts who really don't know what they're doing, but they have just enough of a command of the force to make them better than average fighters. Um, And something like that so that we can, we can kind of have like a a bigger scale battle. Um, But yeah, again, like, I, I don't know what I want from the next one because I feel like this one was a great finale to the saga. So, um.
0: I, the one last thing I will add, and this is something I talked about uh, a couple episodes ago in the Star Wars saga show I did with Crystal Beth, where you know I was I'm trying to think about like what are these movies about? Like, what are they really about, or are they just the extend, the, the extensions of a brand? And, of course, they are that. But, I mean, are they about anything else? And I like—I tell myself that they are about the idea that evil doesn't sleep. And, you know, just because you thought you defeated it back in Return of the Jedi doesn't mean that it's gone forever. And, again, not to try and lard it up too much with with things from uh, real life, but this movie does that, so I feel like it's warranted. You know, I mean – a lot of people in this country thought that we were past a certain point uh, in, in, in our society, and then uh, we learned that we're not. Uh, we're you learning. mean we're not a post-racial America? Yeah, hard to hmm. believe that. Uh, but, you know, well, I, again, I'm trying to be as gentle about it as possible. But, I mean, you know, a lot of stuff came roaring back that, a, that I think a, a good chunk of this country thought was over. And I think that's the metaphor for the Empire—that the you know the just because you killed the head guy and killed Darth Vader, it doesn't mean everything is all over because the evil is still out there. And so, I guess what I would love to see at the of this ninth movie is the definitive end of that thing. That I want the Empire gone, destroyed in every way, and not and not through necessarily through violence because pay, uh, Rose has that line: "You don't, we don't win by destroying what we hate." We win by saving what we love, and I think there's maybe room in the ninth film, because we're only going to have one villain, really. It's going to just be uh, Kylo Ren, as opposed – you know, Hux is kind of more like a clown, that there might be a way to present a story that says with this, it's not about the rebels versus the empire anymore. This this. is this, There's going to be a new generation of kids with their Jedi brooms that are going to look at things in a different way and it's not going to just be this endless battle of good versus evil ships shooting other ships that just goes on forever. I like that idea of moving past the binary choice of rebel empire. Rebel empire. We've now had that for six films. Seven films if you want to count. You know, Revenge of the Sith. But, I don't know. I, I think... Disney has said that the Skywalker story ends with number nine because after that they're going to hand the franchise off to Ryan Johnson and he's going to do his whole other thing and he has said they're not going to be Skywalker movies so I like the idea that, that this the Empire is is going to be no more but not necessarily through better and bigger bloodshed in the ninth film and whether J.J. J. Abrams is interested in that story I have no idea but I, I'm interested in finding out so Anyway, I can't wait to see this movie again. Uh, I, I'm going to take my dad to it at the very least, and I want to see it by myself one more time, so that's going to be at least three. But I haven't gotten around to it, but I, I really want to. So uh, it's, a, it's a huge thing. It's a, it's, I think it's a very different movie than anybody expected, and I don't think that's always a bad thing when you're talking about these, these blockbusters. So uh, I guess that's going to do it for The Last Jedi. We have to wrap this up. Guys, thank you so much for coming on to talk about it. And Ryan, I'm sorry that I... Put the kibosh on your initial episode, but I was I was really hit for a wallop, and I'm I'm glad
3: I took the time to sort of think about it. No, this was a better discussion than we would have had. I, I I couldn't really verbalize at that night anyway what I wanted, so it probably would have just been Nathaniel bashing the movie. Uh, so this <laughs> this ended up being this ended up being a lot more fun and a lot more productive. Um, and yeah, I don't know when I will get around to doing a sort of review reaction episode for my podcast about the about this movie I'll probably talk to some other people and kind of crowdsource their overall opinions of it because um, I've said a lot and, and again I I don't want to sound negative because there is like I I like the movie there's so much that I like about it and I so much I praised about it tonight but it just left me with this feeling that I that I can't shake that that I don't know maybe Maybe I'm losing touch with my Star Wars fandom at at a time when it's in its ascendancy in popularity. But I don't know. Wow. That's a hell of a way to end the show, Ryan. Thank you very much for that. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just gonna am gonna gaze off at the sun reflected with the du- with the atmosphere through the double suns and and fade away, and my cloak will just you know Ryan, blow away. Just,
0: just remember, remember your failure at Force Awakens, Ryan. Remember your
3: failure at Force. Awakens. <laughs> so, Maybe anyway. Solo will turn it all around for me. That's only five months. Away.
0: When the hell are we gonna see something from that movie? there's a new Star Wars movie coming out in five months and nobody has seen one lick of footage. What is Ron that? Howard
3: had to re- Ron Howard had to reshoot the whole thing. So.
0: Right, but you,
3: they must have something done. You can't show okay, us... But- Okay, but the, the first teaser for Rogue One included footage that did not appear in the movie. So do you want, do you want them to get a, a, a bunch of footage from Solo that you're never going to see? Uh, it's going
0: to be all footage of Solo featuring actors that are not even in the movie. It's like p- completely different actors playing the characters. You're like, what's going on? I don't understand. It,
3: it wouldn't surprise me if they wait until Black Panther comes out in February, if that's the first time they drop the, the trailer. I, for it. I, w- hmm. I will bet I'm betting
0: Super Bowl. Super I will team. say
1: Solo will be moved to December.
0: Ooh, Max, do you have any money on this? Uh,
2: no, but I think they're gonna wait until I think they're gonna wait until Last Jedi uh, dies down a little bit before they do anything.
0: Okay, all right, interesting. Well, we'll all have to come back and, and see where we are on on Solo. Like I said, there'll be another. I, I, I've seen posters for Solo saying May, I, but it doesn't mean they can't change them, because good lord, they changed the name of Re- Revenge of the Jedi to Return of the Jedi, and they made toys with that on it, so anything. Well, Last
1: happen. Last Jedi was originally scheduled for a May release, if I remember right, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they moved it back. Yeah, that's yeah, well,
0: yeah, true. They well. could,
1: so. De- well, December is Star Wars
3: nowadays.
0: It kind of is, yeah. I like yeah. summer Star Wars, but now that they've done it a bunch of
3: times, I feel like they Now, next year, Aquaman is December, so. Don't even get. Oh, right, uh, <laughs> I'm, so try, I'm so trying to lean out of the skid, Ryan, and you keep dragging it, us back it, into the death star trench. It goes back to the first thing Shag said, which was, "Why did you even have me on this show?" I I'm wondering that <laughs> you know, myself. You uh, know what, Rob? Just,
1: just focus on the fact that this was a movie we went into. We thought we were going to see one movie, and we saw something entirely different. And. The intelligent people on the call love that.
0: (laughs) Man. All right. Well, let's – You
3: know what? May the Force, you know, whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Gentlemen, all, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. It's great. You've all been on Film and Water, but not collectively, so this was a lot of fun. So thanks much, guys, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Go see The Last Jedi Go, don't sign petitions, don't do any of that kind of stuff, just go see the movie. If you haven't seen it yet, for God's sake, I don't know why you listen to this, but maybe go see it again. Maybe, I think it's a movie that's going to grow in your estimation over time. So, again, thanks everybody, thanks Max, thanks Shag, thanks Ryan, thanks everyone for listening, and until next week, that's a wrap. Save the porgs. take you to Sarlacc's pit, Luke Skywalker. Obey and you'll pay,
3: Klaatu. New Klaatu's gift guard Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian, each sold separately from Star Wars Revenge
2: of the Jedi Collection.
3: Prepare the planks, Skifguard. This'll be a giant step for Jabba the Hutt. Surprise, surprise! Lando's in disguise! Let's get out of here! Whoa! The
2: plank is falling! Help!
3: Klaatu's gift guard Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian, each sold separately from Star Wars Revenge of the Jedi Collection. New from Kenner.